Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's time for some chin music. Hey, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. I don't see it that way. I mean, Tim Anderson's a passionate player, um, an exciting player, and part of that passion comes with a little bit of an edge. And that's how he reacted. You know, uh, Tim's a smart kid. Um, he knows what he's doing. So, I, I, like I said yesterday, I don't have a problem with it. You know, that's how he plays the game. That's how I want him to play the game. That's what, that's what we want as an organization for him to bring to this team. And for me, I don't have a problem with it. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine talking baseball till 11 o'clock. That was Pedro Grafol talking about the odd ejection of Tim Anderson in the third inning the other day against the San Francisco Giants with a big controversy over uh, getting quick pitched and Logan Webb uh, wanting and then Tim wanting a timeout. DJ Rayburn had nothing but had no patience and he threw Tim Anderson out of the game. Bruce set up that little exchange there because I think it was you that asked Pedro Grafol that question. Am I correct? And what did you think of the answer? Well, I, you know, of course it was me asking the question, which is <clears throat> you can't have your shortstop leadoff man and uh, pretty much the energizer of your team get thrown out in the third inning. That's not a, a question. That's something like that. Th- that's a statement. So, what, so, what was the question? That was a statement. Yeah, well, you just it was made. pretty much a state. It was pretty much as, you know, we live in the world and I'm as guilty as anyone else that does talk radio or interviews people. Instead of asking a direct question these days, we make statements and expect people to respond. Okay? But, Bruce, that I, I think is, you, you would agree, though. You, you want an open-ended question like, why did you ask such a ridiculous thing? Something like that. Right. right. And my question to him was, you can't, you know, is, is it incumbent upon Tim Anderson to be able to stay in those games and not get thrown out when uh, he was obviously quick-pitched in his mind umpire didn't agree the pitcher didn't agree and he was called out on strikes and uh again how far do you take that 
Do you you take your own responsibility saying, well, that's not going to happen to me again and walk away back to the dugout? Or you start uh, moaning to the umpire about the fact and eventually you go back to the dugout and you get thrown out for continuing to argue balls and strikes. To me, David, that can't happen, okay? It can't happen in the third inning of a game. You know, it can't happen at any time when when you're uh, when it's your culpability. You know, it, it, the 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 umpire called the strike. He didn't call the rule the way you want him to. Uh, after the game, or the manager's job is to go out there and say, "Hey, you threw my guy out. You know, you called my guy out, and it was uh, wrong. You know, you, he was quick pitch. I want you to go back and look at it after the game." That's how it should have been handled all the way around. It, it shouldn't have been Tim Anderson ejected. And if Pedro is standing up for his guy, I love that. I love the fact that he's going to stand behind his guy. Uh, the guy's going to hear that he stood behind him. But it's just flat out wrong that if you're in the third inning of a game, you get thrown out for some, well, something. Well, I'll uh, agree that it's flat out like wrong that. to throw somebody out in the third inning of a game based on what happened. I, I'll say this. So let me, let me counter what you just said. I am – a big believer and proponent of, of just professional decorum. You have to have it. You, I, I don't like a lot of the back and forth that goes on. And, and yeah, I, but, but this to me, if you agree that this was related in some way to the pitch clock and the tempo and the confusion over maybe the interpretation of a rule and what you can and can't do, I think that, and as I said the next morning on the Moline Haw Show, that DJ Rayburn overreacted here that D.J. Rayburn, the umpire, has to have – and every umpire in Major League Baseball for the first couple of weeks of the season, maybe longer, you've got to have a little bit more patience than you would on a typical day. You have to have a little bit deeper well of patience than you would normally because everybody is adapting and adjusting, and it doesn't – it's not good for the game. You know, and you look big picture and you zoom out. Manny Machado was ejected the day before with not a not the same type of circumstances but something related to the pitch clocks he wanted time they didn't grant it i think it was machado ejected because the umpire overreacted there i feel like tim anderson yeah pedro Gafol's right this is a guy that walks a very fine line and sometimes crosses it but i don't think here bruce he did because this is who he is and there was some confusion over what was going on? And he was he was chirping at the pitcher. He wasn't chirping at the umpire. Even Logan Webb said that. So I don't agree with you that this was all on Tim Anderson. I feel like the umpire deserves a lot of responsibility here for overreacting when you should have more patience the first month of the season. Yeah, I, I, I might not disagree with you on that, but the umpire doesn't play shortstop leadoff and is not the energizer of the Chicago White Sox. He is the unofficial captain of the Chicago White Sox. He needs to stay on the field. If you're embarrassed by a situation, you have time to go back, analyze it, talk to the umpire. Okay, again, did the umpire react too quickly? Tim was still upset about it. I understand it. But was he upset with the umpire? Was he upset with the new rules or was he upset with himself? That's a good question. But, Bruce, I I have to ask you this, and maybe people have – Thoughts and opinions, 312-644-6767. If on one hand, we are going to praise and compliment Tim Anderson for coming into the season in the right head space and to understand and I think embrace the idea that he is the catalyst with his personality in that clubhouse, then I don't know that you can turn 
after something like we just saw and criticize something that we spend the rest of the year complimenting, and that is his fire and his attitude and his leadership in not I, taking – I love all of that. I love it all. Know? It's got to be out there on the field. It can't be – it can't be six innings of a game that you eventually get blown out in. Uh, you know, you, it can't be on the bench. Okay, so uh, it could be a learning situation for the umpire. It could be a, a, a and you you make a good point about that. That it's new rules, and you know there should be a little temperance involved here uh, the first few weeks of the season. But you know, I, I just think Tim was embarrassed uh, and 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 had to react to it. And, and I love the passion of Tim Anderson. I, I think right. it's, it's what makes him the, the outstanding player he is. So for Grafal to get in my face and give me some chin music back about, hey, I don't agree with that at all. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm all with I like him. That. You know, I'm, I like that. I'm the, if I was the manager of the team, I, my answer would have been the same. You know, we love Tim's passion. But I would have, I would have said, hey, uh, it's also a learning experience for Tim that we need him in every game for nine innings. And if, if you're in control of your emotions there, uh, we need you out there being the, the outstanding all-star player you are for us every day. I respect where that's coming from, Bruce. I think you're right in, in terms of how important he is and how much the manager has to back his leader, the guy who has that kind of uh, intangible that offers you, you know, it, 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 I think is who he is part of his personality. Bruce, but you bring up a, a, a broader point. You mentioned it earlier as well. White Sox are struggling right now. They're 3-5, and five and, and nobody, I think, in their right mind is going to hold the White Sox ERA against uh, Pedro Grafal. But as a manager, kind of learning uh, the job. I mean, he, he acknowledged on, on the day before the home opener, right, or the, the moments before the home opener, just how much this still means to him, and he's a first-year manager. How how do you how would you describe the way that he's handled that so far in terms of you know patting guys on the back after getting you know beaten in Pittsburgh and and sticking up for Tim Anderson just the first week or so the first eight games or so what has stood out to you about Pedro Grifol the manager? I, I like him. I like his leadership. I, I like uh, him not being afraid to uh, address an, a veteran reporter sitting there asking him to rip his player and say, hey, you can't do this. He is his own man. He's a good baseball man. He comes from good baseball background with people that I've known for decades and decades and decades that swear by the guy. And just watching his uh, demeanor and uh, you know how he goes about things, he's going to make mistakes like anybody else. I don't think he's going to be afraid to make mistakes, David. Uh, I, th- I think he's a stand-up guy. Uh, people were, you know... You know, very critical of Tony Larusa last year, and rightfully so, because he wasn't the guy that he had been the previous year or any other part of his career. He just wasn't healthy, and he wasn't wasn't making all the rational decisions that he needed to. But uh, uh, just not having Tony around isn't going to be the answer to the White Sox situation here. Pedro has work to do as a manager. He has work to do with establishing himself with players, with umpires. Uh, with other managers as far as their strategy goes. This is a a difficult transition in the major leagues to going from a a coach to a manager with a new team, getting to know everybody else, establishing yourself with a fan base, uh, hearing about, you know, what you do right and wrong on on sports radio, on the score. Uh, That that is not not an easy job, and uh, he's going through it. I like him. 
I think he's a tough guy. I think he's a strong guy, and I think he's a smart guy. Bruce, uh, we're going to get to the phone calls in a moment, but I want to get your thoughts on, on a couple things in terms of the specific decisions that, that Pedro Gafol have ma- has made in the first week, and that is, he's, again, through no fault of his own, the pitching has been really d- bad, and so he's had he's had to be in situations that he didn't probably want to be in and you were standing there as I was before the home opener and he was asked a question about sacrificing games or knowing when to say you know what it's not going to happen today and that that pertains to how you manage your your staff Mm -hmm. and how you manage your bullpen and how long you stay with starters has it bothered you at all how long he has stayed with any starters when it was obvious these guys didn't have it like Lance Lynn like Michael Kopech they've been beaten around in the first in the last times out do you think that he's learning when to you know pull the guy out of a game or do you think that these are situations that are just kind of until he gets to know his team better you're just gonna have to live through you know I talked to Graveman uh first day back for opening day and he had pitched or what's the second day I talked to him uh and and he had pitched in three of the first four games right and I said, you know, I asked, I said, how's your arm? He said, which one? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he said, I'm fine. I said, you know, I said, there's that, there's that fine line of, uh, you know, being a guy that they count on and being a guy that's going to be available. You know, uh, do, do you draw the line with them and say, do I need a day here and there? And uh, he said, yeah, I do. I do at my, my point in time. I, I'm, I'm not going to jeopardize my uh, being available to the team just because I want to be macho. I'm not going to do that. I said, well, do you worry about young guys who want to stay up here? And he said, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a method uh, to, to learn, you know, and uh, you, you want to take the ball every time the manager wants you. You don't want to be going back to uh, Charlotte. But in, in this situation, David, um, you were there. I, I asked him about the A and B pitchers, and, and, and he – and Grafal said, you know, you, you do have to get used to uh, establishing your bullpen guys in certain games, the certain guys, and, and other guys in other games. But they hadn't even gotten to that point yet. They've been blown out so quickly, so early, the starting pitchers. And this has always been a starting pitcher team over the last three or four years. And uh, it's, it's just awkward to even uh, watch it, manage it, or talk about the fact that um, – Guys like Lynn and Giolito are getting toasted early and, and looking like they have nothing, and they look looking like it's the second week of spring training. Mike Clevenger, who did have a very good first outing, goes again for the White Sox tonight, 535 against Vince Velasquez, former White Sox pitcher over at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. And uh, you look at Bruce, Chris Kamka, our buddy at NBC Sports Chicago, points out, on Twitter, the White Sox have allowed 61 runs through eight games. The last time they did that, allowing 61 runs through eight games, was the year 2000, and they finished 95 and 67. So maybe, maybe there is a glimmer of hope. Maybe there is some historical parallel there. I don't think there is, but uh, the White Sox have to turn their pitching around. There's no doubt about that. Let's go out to the phone lines, and the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today, or visit BetQL.com. Mike is in Tucson. Good morning, Mike. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, gentlemen. I have to tell you, throwing F-bombs from the dugout, it's not the first time, and I'm not happy with that man's behavior on and off the field. Focus on baseball. Lee Elias said it back. Get the ball, catch the ball, get the job done. 
Right. Thanks, and Mike. You, obviously, you're talking about Anderson, and uh, you know, again, uh, that's that's such a fine line between, hey, this is the guy that gets us going. He's our energizer. Last year was a funky year for him. Uh, he wasn't able to be that guy. He's back to being that guy. And the one thing we're not talking about, which is really good for the uh, Chicago White Sox, the top four or five hitters are really stinging the ball and hitting it and playing up to the form that they have to. It's unfortunate that Jimenez is out, and we haven't talked about that uh, on the show today, that the fact that he's injured again and uh, out for at least a couple weeks, it appears. Uh, but, you know, you look at Anderson. You know, you, you look at um, uh, Benintendi. You look at... Um, Robert, who is just killing the ball right now, and back to you know being people's uh, picks of the next Mike Trout, he's back to being that type of player again. And uh, there's a, there's a lot of good hitting, a lot of runs being wasted in these blowout games. Unfortunately, the the White Sox are putting up some runs, and it's just it's not showing up because the pitching's been so bad. We'll get to Lloyd in the next segment, Bruce. But I want to ask you before we break about the bullpen. Ronaldo Lopez has had. A very interesting first eight games or so as the de facto closer. The Sox got the best news of the week when Liam Hendricks rang the bell after his last chemo treatment and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He could be back, um, you know, realistically by the end of May, we think. We don't want to put a timetable on that. Garrett Crochet on the mend. You mentioned Graveman. You, you meant Joe Kelly has mopped up. Where are you with the Sox bullpen and its handling and its usage in the first week? Yeah, I'm, I'm unsure. I'm unsure where I'm at with it because it's been uh, so such a funky time. They have to get guys in and out. They already had a release, a veteran pitcher they thought was going to be a, a, an innings uh, eater for them out of the bullpen in certain types of games in Ruiz. Uh, that was that was shocking to see uh, earlier this week that a couple of days ago they released Ruiz, who, who pitches an awful lot of innings, and I don't think – uh, he was DFA'd. I don't think they'll have any trouble, trouble moving him or him being picked up somewhere else very quickly. Uh, but the uh, the idea that they're not happy with uh, you know some of the things that are going on there and they're, they're trying to make some moves, that's that's good. Uh, it's just without Hendricks there, the, the bullpen always is going to start to feel incomplete to you. Did you read anything into Jose Ruiz being DFA'd this year, this soon, as a change in the way the White Sox are making decisions or holding people accountable? Yeah, it, it is, and it's also, uh, you know, the re- reliability of, you know, the minor league players that they want to bring up and that they feel are better arms at this point. I mean, Ruiz was, uh, if not, I'm not mistaken, pitched uh, some really quality innings in the WBC, and uh, he was uh, ahead of schedule. Uh, as to whether this was a uh, situation of uh, his work ethic or th- them not liking what they're seeing, we don't we don't have the answer to that right now. I don't have that answer. But so um, go ahead. We already did chin music, Bruce, but there's still some issues out there. At least one regarding Aloy Jimenez that we can still maybe come in high and tight. Didn't like necessarily what we heard. We'll listen to that when we come back. It's it's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. Andrew said yesterday that all the work you did this offseason makes them confident that you'll be able to come back pretty quick from this. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, because today I'm feeling really good. Uh, if I need to pinch hit or play today, I, I was available to do it. So um, that's all I can say right now. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. 
David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. That was Aloy Jimenez. Affable young man. Likeable White Sox player. Talking about his latest injury. Saying he could have pinch hit the other day. Bruce. Bruce. Drove me crazy hearing that. No, you couldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. No, they can't trust you. Don't tell me. Bruce, is he on the 10-day IL? Is he going to be out for three weeks? Or could he have pinch hit the other day? Which is it? The White Sox sloppy with the messaging here. Uh, Maybe all of that. Maybe it's all. He's going to be on the IL, I would say, two to three weeks. Okay. That's for, at the very least, because of his injury history, it's just precautionary, right? You, You have to... You have to keep him there a little longer so that you, he comes back and he doesn't continue to do this. The, the hard part for Eloy is he, he has worked extremely hard to get his body as strong as possible. He lost a lot of weight. He got a lot of baby fat off of his body that he had. Uh, this is a, a brittle body. That's what it is, David. It, it, there's no getting around it. Uh, it's not his fault fault okay genetics aren't the person's fault uh he has a gift that very few players or players or people have in our world and that is he can flat out hit this is a a tremendous 300 hitter with five to six hundred bats will hit 35 to 40 home runs drive in 110 to 130 that's how good he is at his trade unfortunately it's on a body that is brittle and it breaks real easily. No matter how hard he tries or no matter how much work he does, he breaks down. And it's, it's, it's not just Bruce Levine talking about it now and in the last two years. It's been every year of his career going back to 2014 in the minor leagues. David, this young man has never played more than 127 games. Okay, and that was his rookie year, 2019. Correct. I mean, that was the last time he played over 100 games. We had the the pandemic shortened 60 game season. He played 55 of those, Bruce. But it wasn't. He was healthy. You're not going to have pandemic shortened seasons uh, every every year. And I I just wonder. You you mentioned it. If that's the reality, and if the White Sox. grudgingly have to accept that reality what is what is the alternative what what do you do here in terms of how long can you rely on somebody this brittle this uncertain in terms of his 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 durability because this is a question that you didn't want to ask but you knew you're gonna have to answer there's a long contract here for a lot of money okay um and you know the white Sox have been stealth and i give them all the credit in the world for being ahead of the field, uh, you know, through the Rickon Ken Williams era here over the last 20 years of of signing guys to to great contracts for the White Sox, uh, their own their own players, and saving them millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, you know, the the Sale contract, the the Burley contracts, the Anderson contracts, now saving them a tremendous amount of money. For an all-star player so kudos to them but in this case it's not working out with uh with Eloy Jimenez and the fact that uh they, they have to pay him a lot of money for a long time uh is one thing the idea that okay if he's going to continue to break down you're going to trade him well who, who's what are you going to get for him who's going to gamble on that as, as continually happens 
somebody might uh, and and will be luckier with it. But the White Sox are stuck here. The, the one the message that I don't like to hear is we're going to let Eli continue to play right field. Okay. Um, and and again, the, the the counter argument to that, David, is well, he he didn't get hurt playing right field. He got hurt running the bases. Okay. A lot of his injuries just come from running. And, you know, that is, in itself, is a problem. I mean, you, whether you're a DH or a right fielder, you're still going to have to run from first to third. And that's how, unfortunately, this injury, latest injury occurred. Yeah, you're not going to have a, a designated runner. This is not slow-pitch 16-inch softball, and you can't do that. You're going to have to, unfortunately, you're right, Bruce, you have to figure out a way to try to keep him as healthy as possible. I just think this was... One of those things that we didn't see coming, you didn't want to relive, and it feels very familiar. And that's the problem with Eloy Jimenez. So much potential, but it's been stunted. His growth has by these consistent, persistent injuries every single year. And he's, yeah, soft tissue injuries. I saw one thing that really upset me and probably should hurt White Sox fans and White Sox players, and that is he was really down. And And it's hard to see Eloy Jimenez down. Because he is such a positive person with a, a tremendously great personality and a fun guy that, you know, you want him out there all the time, you know, waving to the camera, saying, hi, mom. You know, this is a, a guy that, uh, you know, came on the scene and was loved immediately. And, and this, he's, he admitted he is so worn down from having to talk to reporters about injuries that it's, and he, and <clears throat> To his credit, he said, look, I know it's your job to ask me these questions. And I know it's my job to answer these questions. But frankly, I can't take this much anymore. You know, I just, I can't deal with it. You know, and it's been, you know, and you feel bad for the guy when he's talking about it. But you also respect the hell out of him for being able to analyze the situation, understanding why he's depressed and uh, and still trying to have to deal with this and go out there running base. You know, he was out there running the next day. He's out there yep. swinging the bat. I mean, you know, good news, bad news, whatever you want to call it, you know, the the desire to be out there is certainly there for Eloy. It's commendable, knows. Bruce. Yeah, I like him as a, his personality. He's, he's easy because when he's going and he's healthy, yeah, he's as likable as they come. You can still be frustrated by what you what, – what's happening because it does feel so familiar and unfortunately it, it's something that you you sense was going to come but looking at you know, okay let's go away from Aloy for a moment uh in the other end of the spectrum another guy who needs to stay healthy but if he does boy look out Luis Robert is off to a phenomenal start two home runs in Pittsburgh yesterday he has saved I think three runs with uh with his glove, at least three, and he is somebody oh, yeah. who's off to a gold glove start uh, in the field, and he's hitting the ball all over the park and out of it at the plate. Luis Robert has done something right this offseason. He looks like he is back to being one of those guys best in the league. Great point, David. You know, I think we forgot last year with the, him only playing half the games again uh, how talented he is and, and how well taught. I mean, I, I think two years ago I picked him uh, – uh, to be the MVP of the American League, just based on the fact that his his talent is off the chart in so many areas. A five-tool player, and again, give him five to six hundred at bats, and you know he's in the conversation.
all-star every year, MVP conversation every year, saving you runs left and right on defense. Big, big plays that he made already this year to save the White Sox in the few games that they've won. So uh, with, with that in mind, uh, I, I needed a refresher, and, uh, and it didn't take long for him to remind me what a great talent that he is. Yohan Mankata has done the same thing, Bruce. I know that you went out on a limb by picking him to be the American League MVP. He certainly started the season in that way and, and rewarding that kind of faith. He had the toe situation. We wondered if it was going to linger. He got the day off, and we all started to wonder. At least we did on the Mullion Haw show a little bit. But he was back in the lineup on Friday. Looks like he is going to be somebody that's uh, playing with the kind of enthusiasm that is nice to see as well. When he looks like he's having fun, he is also dangerous at the plate. The White Sox have some of these really guys who, who remain young, dangerous, but the big question about all of them revolves around their health. And I just think that with Mankata, when he gets a day off, you start to wonder, okay, what does this mean? When, in fact, maybe it just meant that they wanted to rest him. We, we got to June last year, and I told you, David, I said, this team's not going to score runs. They're going to have to do it with pitching, Okay. You know, you could just tell it wasn't going to be that type of year offensively for them. And, and this year, I'm going to I'm going to have to say the it might have to be the opposite. They're going to have to hammer people, and they have the the capability of doing it. They have, they have tremendous offense. Uh, you know, Grandal actually started off uh, extremely hot. He looks healthy. You know, that's that's a big bat in the lineup for them. That big left-handed bat when he's hitting from the left side. That that's very important for them. And if you remember back to 2021 and how essential he was in that second half of that year uh, to them dominating and winning the, the division. Uh, that was, that's there. So, so they they have a, an outstanding hitting lineup. Hopefully, Jimenez is back in two to three weeks, and he's a part of it as well. But uh, it might have to be the opposite this year, David, where the pitching is just average and the hitting is off the chart, and they average you know four and a half, five runs a game. You know, if you average five runs a game, it's like top of the line, you know, as the best you can in Major League Baseball. Uh, they might have to just outslug some people this year to win baseball games. I wonder what they're going to do about this rotation, Bruce. I wonder how creative Rick Hahn might have to be if some of this early, con- if some of these early concerns start to, you know, linger and, you know, creep into June. And what can you do? Because, you look at the far, you look at the minor league system, and the, there's not a lot of hope that offers us up. Maybe Davis Martin, maybe there's some other guys that emerge, but I just don't know yeah. if those look at like uh, good solutions. What, how, uh, how, how uh, would you approach this if if you're Rick Hahn and and if you're looking at um, maybe you know what to do about this rotation that has started off historically bad? Well, you you can't let the rotation destroy your bullpen. Okay. I mean, you, you can't, you know, if they're not getting through four innings, you know, you, you can't let that bullpen get destroyed early in the year. So you, you're going to have to make moves toward Iowa. I think Rafal talked about the fact that, you know, they have to have, you know, count on some people that are there. Davis Martin's always been good when he's been called up. So I, I wouldn't doubt that he uh, is part of the rotation. I, I would I would doubt that they would do anything like this, David, if – if and when, and hopefully it's uh, before the end of May that Hendricks is back as a closer, I, I would seriously consider stretching out Lopez again, okay? 
because you do have an electric arm. You do have a guy that had 19 quality starts and, a, uh, and 188 innings pitched in 2018. This is a, still a young man with electric stuff. You see it all the time, David. It's 100, 100, 100 that he's throwing out there. The results haven't been everything they wanted, but uh, this is a much more confident pitcher than he's been in for a long time. I would not hesitate if you're going to see two guys in your rotation that aren't going to be up to the level where you want them. I would not hesitate personally to go to him and say, we need to stretch you out. We need to get you back in the rotation. I know it would be significantly different of a mentality of going from setup man closer back to the rotation, but that that's the type of arm that can get it done, and, and, and I would seriously consider it. That's a really interesting idea to consider. There's a lot of things going on with the White Sox. We've had plenty of White Sox talk this morning. When we come back, Bruce, I want to ask you a question about the Cubs bullpen and some of the decisions being made down there and what we saw on Friday that might inform many of them. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse, but don't forget, watching the Masters this week on television, you can also listen to plenty of Masters conversation and opinions right here on the score. Coverage of the Masters on the score presented by the BMW Championship hosted at Olympia Fields Country Club this August. Stay tuned right here. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. It's in that, inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I relate to, uh, to Rossi and, and Tommy both that I'll pitch whenever you ask and I'll stop whenever you tell me to stop. So, um, you know, it felt good. I, mean, I probably haven't done that in a, in a while, but um, felt good enough. You know, plus this, this crowd was, was awesome. Kind of gave everybody a little extra drilling out there. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Bruce, that was Michael Fulmer, and he threw two scoreless innings on Friday, struck out four. First save of the season, the Cubs win 2 to nothing. Marcus Stroman outstanding again in six scoreless innings. But Michael Fulmer getting the ball for two innings to close things out, Bruce. Number one, very interesting move by David Ross, but one of those moves, as we talked about to begin the show, scrutinized, maybe second-guessed at the time, but it was the right one. And Michael Fulmer looks like he is yeah, he's ready for whatever challenge and whatever role the Cubs put in front of him. Yeah, I like the uh, the signing of him. And, you know, again, uh, Hoyer and uh, company have, have done a, a terrific job in some areas, good jobs in others, you know, fair jobs in others, just like any front office. But what they've really done in a terrific way of the last three years is uh, identifying veteran bullpen guys to come in and get the job done and then and stealthily trading them for valuable young players um, that are, are going to make a uh, impact on the Chicago Cubs in the future. And, and Fulmer might be uh, the latest version of that. You know, he, he is just, you know, his, historically a big, big arm uh, rookie of the year back in with Detroit as a starting pitcher, a couple years down the line, Tommy John ending up in the bullpen the last couple of years and just, Still a young arm and a and a, a really good pitcher, so that that's another you know feather in the cap for the Chicago Cubs. He's he's going to be at the back end for now. Um, again, Hoyer talked recently about the fact that they plan on this being the last year they step out for these multiple veteran bullpen guys and start promoting from within the terms that they have in the organization. That's We've seen a little bit of that with the, you know, Hughes and some of the other guys that have come through now, and Assad's now in the bullpen, and 
you know, we see uh, um, Alzale being switched from a starter to a bullpen guy. So it's starting to happen for the Chicago Cubs. And on Friday, Fulmer pitched two innings to get his first save, but he, as I said, followed up Marcus Stroman's six innings without giving up a run, and he has Masterful innings. Six masterful innings. They are masterful, Bruce. Don't mock me. Don't mock the outstanding nature of what Marcus Stroman did because you know what? I don't know what you were saying back in 1991 when Mike Bilecki was the last Cub pitcher to go six innings in his first two starts without giving up a run. I don't know what you said in 1934, Bruce, when Bill C. Lee was the other guy, and then Mike Prendergast in 1916. There have only been three Cub pitchers before Marcus Stroman to go six innings in his first two starts of a season without giving up a run. So what is not to like about that, and how is that not outstanding? Bill Lee was a great interview, by the way, and uh, I'm sorry. That, not that uh, one. Radio, radio was in its infancy. There wasn't a uh, Inside the Clubhouse show at that time. But uh, nonetheless, I, I do not mock Stroman. He is an outstanding pitcher. And in this era, he's one of the top pitchers. And the Cubs you know, are fortunate to have him uh, in the rotation. Good for them. I, you know, I, I, just, <clears throat> I just make fun of the idea that a lot of things are changing back to what the, the way they were, you know, with before, you know, some of the metrics changed the way that they defend teams now and now the rule, new rules. And I'm just thinking with quicker games, okay, mm-hmm. and with mm-hmm. the, the way the game's playing now, uh, there's no reason to think that these young pitchers are not capable of throwing nine innings, okay? They are, okay? We see examples of it. But very few get there. We see very few Scherzers. We we see very few Verlanders. We see very few uh, Chris Sales before he got hurt. Uh, you know, th- those guys don't exist very much anymore. But I-, I think there's a good chance we get back to that as as time goes on. There's no reason if they're bigger, stronger, smarter, with better metrics, better uh, eating habits. You know. Uh, mm-hmm all the technology do, why, why can't they pitch nine innings? It's a fair question. It's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Justin Steele gets a chance to do that again today, and he could become the fifth cup pitcher to give up zero runs and go six or more innings in his first two starts because last time he went out, he was lights out. He went six innings, and he struck out eight, Bruce. That was outstanding. And Justin Steele's 27-year-old lefty, that could be one of those guys that fits your description. Why not keep him? in the game longer why not use the efficiency in his athleticism maybe to his advantage if he's in shape why not get more out of him maybe this is a gradual change in the game I just like the fact that Marcus Stroman began a day and that ended two hours and 18 minutes later the Cubs were 2-0 winners and that's more of what we've seen this year maybe Justin Seal can follow that up today pregame right here on the score at 2:30. People are excited about baseball, and one of the reasons is the pitch clock and the pace of game. I'm excited about that. And, David, I'm excited about working every Saturday with you, except when you're off once in a while and there's a Bears show once in a while. 50 to 49 to 52 weeks every year talking baseball and inside the clubhouse, Saturday from 9 to 11. Steve Rosenblum next with his magical works uh, always on his radio show. We have people to thank, including our friend uh, Hayden Wisniewski, who joined us on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, Bruce Cesar Perez did a tremendous job producing. He did do a tremendous job it, producing, but admit it, you do have a Wisniewski t-shirt somewhere in your drawers there, don't you? 
if I don't, I eventually will. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website, 670thescore.com. David, I won't see you next week, but we will be here doing the show. Mike's going to sit in for you, and I'll look forward to seeing you the following week. Have a nice weekend off. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you for setting up all the, the show today. Hayden Wisniewski was terrific as an interview. Thank you for listening, calling, and all you Texas out there, thank you for uh, bringing us your great opinions uh, to the show. It's uh, Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We will talk to you on Monday. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.